Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Galatians 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. We also want to extend our heartfelt sadness to all those who have acquired coronavirus, or as it is better known in the United States as COVID-19. Know that you are being prayed for to have a full recovery, regardless of age, as well as a miraculous blessing and healing. Remember, those of you who follow Christ, we have an opportunity to miraculously pray for healing. I encourage those of you who are well to actively pray that our God will heal those who are sick and that he will also keep those who are well. To allow us who are well unusual opportunities to witness to those who have been affected by this illness. Please remember, above all else, respect, especially for those who are sick. However, I will caution you to be mindful of people's condition. If they are not up to witnessing, minister to them in practical acts of service and love. Do not force yourself on anyone, especially those who are sick. There are many creative ways we can do this. Witness in new and creative ways that keep everyone, including you, safe. Last week, we examined Galatians chapter 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 1, verses 1 through 3. We found a lot. We found how we need to be all in or all out with our salvation in Christ. Scripture and commentary bore this out quite cleanly and exactly. No middle ground or lukewarm place. This is supported in the message to the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, we read, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write the following. This is the solemn pronouncement of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are Luke, warm, and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. This week, we will examine Galatians chapter 5, verses 4 through 6 of 12 verses. 
What does Galatians chapter 5 tell us? What can Galatians chapter 5 tell us that we do not already know? Once again, let us get into Galatians chapter 5 and see. The complete verse range reads, Then stand firm in the freedom with which Christ made us free, and do not be held again with a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you are circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man being circumcised that he is a debtor to do all the law. You who are justified by the law are deprived of all effect from Christ. You fell from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness out of faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any strength but faith working through love. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6 from Green's Literal Translation. Verse 4 is the continuation of a sentence we looked at last week, but let's read this week's portion of that scripture with verse 3 included for the full thought. And I testify again to every man being circumcised, that he is a debtor to do all the law. You who are justified by law are deprived of all effect from Christ. You fell from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness out of faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any strength but faith working through love. Galatians chapter 5 verses 3 through 6 from Green's Literal Translation. Notice what it says in verse 4. Quote, you fell from grace, end quote. Or, quote, you have fallen from grace, end quote, in other translations. Commentary reads on this, Either from that grace which they profess to have, for there might be some in these churches, as in others, who were only nominal Christians, and formal professors who had declared they saw themselves lost and undone sinners, destitute of a righteousness, and professed to believe in Christ alone for righteousness and strength, but now trusted in themselves and in the works of the law, or from the scheme of grace in the whole of man's salvation, which will admit of no mixture of works. Either it is one or the other. It cannot be both. Wherefore, by their taking on the side of works, they showed that they had entirely dropped the scheme of grace, or else from the gospel of the grace of God, from whence they were removed, through the influence of false teachers, particularly the doctrine of free justification by the grace of God through the righteousness of Christ, which was entirely set aside by their seeking to be instilled by the works of the law, 
and from this they might be said to be fallen who were on such a bottom. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. First, please note, the emotional bottom is very difficult than a spiritual bottom. The spiritual bottom is what we are talking about here. Being on such a bottom means Christ is now ineffectual to such a person. Commentary supports this notion as it reads, You will derive no advantage from Christ. His work in regard to you is needless and vain. If you can be justified in any other way than by Him, then of course you do not need Him, and your adoption of the other mode is, in fact, a renunciation of Him. Tyndall renders this, Ye are gone quiet from Christ, quote, unquote. The word here used means, properly, to render inactive, idle, useless, to do away, to put an end to, and here it means that they had withdrawn from Christ, if they attempted to be justified by the law. They would not need him if they could be thus justified, and they could derive no benefit from him. A man who can be justified by his own obedience does not need the aid or the merit of another. And if it was true, as they seem to suppose, that they could be justified by the law, it followed that the work of Christ was in vain so far as they were concerned. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Okay, we did read a bit of commentary there, but not without purpose. Commentary told us a lot. Let us examine this more closely. You can fall from grace. The question is this. Can I lose my salvation if I lose the grace that provided it? That is a good question to ask and get an answer to. This issue of falling from grace was very clearly stated in commentary. Remember, it read, For there might be some in those churches, as in others, who were only nominal Christians and formal professors who had declared they saw themselves lost and undone sinners, destitute of a righteousness, and professed to believe in Christ alone for righteousness and strength, but now trusted in themselves and in the works of the law. At best, for any Christian, man or woman, knowingly saved by the grace of Jesus, has now backslidden to a regressive state very near to, or even the same as before they received Christ. For some, it is a withdrawal from Christ on any level, since they are really more concerned with how a life in Christ is very much downplayed by family and friends even to the point of not even wanting to know someone who believes in Christ. 
This is a very real situation, and it is very tough to deal with. What makes it worse? We all have to deal with this issue by ourselves, not without help from others, but the choice is ours alone. Those who have fallen in this way were said in commentary as those who, quote, showed that they had entirely dropped the scheme of grace, or else from the gospel of grace of God, from whence they were removed, through the influence of false teachers, particularly the doctrine of free justification by the grace of God, through the righteousness of Christ, which was entirely set aside by their seeking to be instilled by the works of the law. End quote. This seems to start bringing a clarity to the difference between falling away from Christ and backsliding. To be perfectly clear, neither state is good, and this study points this out very clearly. However, there is a difference between receiving Christ and then falling as opposed to receiving Christ and denouncing him and walking away deliberately and concisely. Notice how Barnes' New Testament notes ends. It followed that the work of Christ was in vain so far as they were concerned. This clearly shows those who definitively have walked away. Those who are in a troubled state are not in a good place, but they are not necessarily in a fallen away state such as they just walk away from Christ. You may be having trouble with real things like the coronavirus, or, as some call it, COVID-19. Why do so many people have to die? How could a loving God allow such a plague on earth? Answers to these questions can be found in end times prophecy found throughout your Bible and especially in the book of Revelation. Commentary from Barnes' New Testament notes said, If you can be justified in any other way than by Him, then of course you do not need Him, and your adoption of the other mode is, in fact, a renunciation of Him. Whoa! A reality that is not seen by everyone. Even many who seem to see this issue seldom see it with the same clarity in which it is written here in commentary. Remember what Tyndall renders, Ye are gone quite from Christ, quote unquote. The word here used means, properly, to render inactive, idle, useless, to do away with, to put an end to, and here it means that they had withdrawn from Christ if they attempted to be justified by the law. They would not need him if they could be thus justified, and they could derive no benefit from him. A man who can be justified by his own obedience 
does not need the aid or the merit of another. Wow! That could not be any more I know or ever will know. That is crystal clear. These are those who may have received Christ as Lord and Savior, but now have fully regressed into what they briefly left behind. They possess no recognition of what Christ did for them on the cross. These last words from Barnes' New Testament notes put it all in focus for those of us who may still be wondering about this. Quote, it followed that the work of Christ was in vain so far as they, those who have rejected Christ, were concerned. End quote. This would seem to give credence to the less-than-biblical struggle any of us can find ourselves in. It is times like this that can put us there as we have a hard time understanding how a loving God can allow such travesty to occur on and in His creation. However, if you think this is bad, read the book of Revelation from chapter 3 onward. What we are going through right now hardly compares to what God's judgment will render in those days. Salvation in Christ is the only and simplest of ways to avoid such days that will come on the earth very soon from now. Still ambiguous, but clear enough for us to know it is not far away now. While virtually identical, there are subtle differences in two versions of Galatians chapter 5, verse 5, that I wish to read to you. First, for through the Spirit, by faith, we wait expectantly for the hope of righteousness. Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. In another translation, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness out of what? Out of faith. Again, Galatians chapter 5, verse 5. We should therefore be expectant, eagerly expectant by faith through the Holy Spirit to see our, quote, hope of righteousness, end quote. In other words, Jesus Christ, when he returns for us before the start of the seven-year tribulation period. Until then, we should, in faith, eagerly be expectant of his return for us. This is where your friends and family can have grave issues with you. Why, in such dark times, before the second coming of Christ, are you found with peace, a peace that passes all present understanding, because you are not only peaceful, but joyful. What a present contradiction. How we, as saved people, can, in a loving way, explain it to those who question and even doubt it. This just got more difficult for us because of what the coronavirus is leaving in its wake behind us. 
Try telling someone who could no longer see their loved one before they died that God is good and loving. Try telling them that God cares for everyone who loves them. How do we tell them now that God really does love them and cares for them until their decision is sealed in their death? Once we die, our indecision is our decision. This is why we must reach people with our faith that makes us who we are in Christ that they may find salvation in Christ. However, I must caution you to do this in all manner of God's love. Not perceived love, but not love as we understand it, but God's love. Now, hopefully, this verse will bring this all together. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision carries any weight. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. On this, commentary tells us, Faith that evinces its existence by love to God and benevolence to men. It is not a mere intellectual belief, but it is that which receives the heart and controls the affections. It is not a dead faith, but it is that which is operative and which is seen in Christian kindness and affection. It is not mere belief of the truth or mere orthodoxy, but it is that which produces true attachment to others. A mere intellectual assent to the truth may leave the heart cold and unaffected. Mere orthodoxy, however bold and self-confident and, quote, sound, end quote, may not be inconsistent with contentions and strifes and logomachies and divisions. The true faith is that which is seen in benevolence, in love to God, in love to all who bear the Christian name, in a readiness to do good to all mankind. This shows that the heart is affected by the faith that is held. And this is the nature and design of all true religion. Tyndale renders this, quote, Faith, which by love is mighty in operation, end quote, from Barnes' New Testament notes. Listen to that, if nothing else. Play it again and again until you get it and get it right in this time like no other as it applies to us right now in how we execute our faith toward others. I will close with this commentary from Barnes New Testament Notes, which also tells us more about Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, whether Jew or Gentile. Quoting, It makes no difference whether a man is circumcised or not. He is not saved because he is circumcised, nor is he condemned because he is not. 
The design of Christianity is to abolish these rites and ceremonies and to introduce a way of salvation that shall be applicable to all mankind alike. Next week, we will examine part three of this message. We will look at verses 7 through 12 to finish this passage portion. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 reads, You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Play or download next week's episode titled Galatians 5, Freedom of the Believer, Part 3. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. Please remember, we are praying for you. We wish any and all who are sick with coronavirus or COVID-19, as many call it, that our great and powerful God heals you. Whether you are sick or not, we wish all our listeners well and perfect God-given health. May you all be blessed of God in a way you cannot only see it, but in a way that will give you testimony of His greatness and power. Amen. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you will find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That is site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. This year, we have decided to go with making Pinecast our primary host as we move away from Podomatic. For more information, listen to our year-end update for 2019. 
Until then, we will continue to post our podcast on our current primary host at Podomatic found at this short link, is.gd slash uppercase I, K, lowercase L, uppercase Y, X, lowercase S. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, in either case, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Churched, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore host all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.